What makes a leader? What pulls us beyond what we thought was our best and into sustained greatness? Tune in right here with Ron Kitchens to learn how to challenge and change your best so that you can move forward into leading at your highest level. Hey everyone, I'm Shannon Allen. I'm here with Ron Kitchens on the Always Forward Leadership Podcast. Ron, how are you today? I am awesome. I am glad to hear that you are awesome. Um, as... you know, except I wore the same sweater this week as I wore yeah, last week. Yeah, I have the same week. shirt on too. <laughs> you know, it tells us we're not very good at these things. That's, so. That is true. That is true. Um, I didn't think to bring my changes. Of yeah, this there time. you go. Sorry, people. Yes. The mystery is gone. We have broken the yes. board wall. And you know, and... I got a lot of nice new clothes for Christmas, too. So there was opportunity to have some bomb outfits ready, yeah. but I just forgot. Next week. Next week. All right. So what um, uncommon sources are you looking to for inspiration right now? Oh, good question. I read over the... Uh, kind of Christmas breakish period, read seven or eight books, mm-hmm. and um, most were not were first time authors. I'd never read these okay. authors before, and so a lot of um, stuff on kind of new era management techniques, mm-hmm. time management, thoughts around that, um, which was interesting. I didn't mark them up a lot, which always tells me I didn't get much out of it. Because yeah. to me, a book is a bit like a textbook in yes. college. Yeah. I want it to be dog-eared and marked up. Mm-hmm. It tells me how much I enjoyed it. But, um, you know, I'm still um, following and, and looking for a lot of new generation leaders. Uh, I haven't quite got down to TikTok yet but i'm looking at those leaders particularly around instagram who are doing cool things in ways of storytelling Mm -hmm. and uh that are different and seeing how people are adjusting Mm -hmm. so i think that's pretty fascinating and um and also looking at uh i've just been reading a lot of of different data sets around pandemic, around fiscal policy, mm-hmm. trying to make sure that I'm getting a balanced perspective. Yeah. And so it's, um, leadership's pretty crunchy right now. There's mm-hmm. nobody that I'm like wildly in love with, yeah. you know, like the, which I think is probably inappropriate for me to say, but you know, there's a there's a woman Allie from Alabama oh, that yeah. if you should follow her. Now, if you're not into hunting and fishing, she might not quite get her. But for some, you know, I found her very early. I think she was still in college, and trying to build an Instagram presence around this hunting and fishing. But I've watched her progress and get. Better and better sponsorships. She now has this huge national sponsor. The quality of her production has gone up. And I think it's just really exciting to see people's success and to do it authentically without going all Kardashian. Yes. And uh, so it's been pretty awesome to watch. That is cool. So I've been uh, looking a lot at, and this is going to sound crazy, because I've been really trying to um, hone some of my storytelling um, techniques and things like that. So... Um, if you're into music, I think a lot of us can agree 
um, that here recently song lyrics have just not have left much to be desired. Um, lyric writing is just not great. I think the country music artists are still doing pretty well at it, but a lot of R&B, hip hop, the lyrics have suffered a little bit. So I've actually gone back um, even to like old, old, you know, people like Aretha Franklin, The Temptations, um, and then more um, 90s and early 2000s uh, rap artists and have really been reading lyrics in just unique ways that they tell stories through their lyrics. Um, and I've just kind of been drawing some inspiration from that, even with my writing and just with telling stories. And so, you know, I'm interested to see, I mean, if you hear me break out into a rhyme or something, you'll know where that is. Okay, you know, I, I get my beatbox out. <laughs> you know, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a great episode coming up for you today. Um, and so just to recap again, this year on Always Forward, you're going to hear us talking a lot about sustained greatness. Um, and so we're still there. And, you know, today I really thought that it'd be great for us to discuss something that can be a great source for inspiration, and that is dissonance. And so sustaining greatness, I think, is impossible if we get too comfortable um, with where we are and not really seeing how we need to improve. So I want to read a quote from John Maxwell's Leadership 101. Um, it's one of his older books, but it's where he's talking about listening to the unhappy voice to cast vision. And he says, where does inspiration for great ideas come from? From noticing what doesn't work. Discontent with the status quo is a great catalyst for vision. Are you on complacent cruise control or do you find yourself itching to change your world? No great leader in history has fought to prevent change. So, Ron, where should leaders look to find dissonance or the unhappy voice within their organizations? I think first, as a, a leader, is that you have to understand that being unhappy is different than being discontent. Mm -hmm. So I am, I mean, being discontent is one of those things that I have to a little bit fight against because I am constantly looking to challenge and change our best. I am discontented with our best because I know, you know, and I, you know, metaphorically use the analogy that I wake up every morning and the first thing I do is look in the mirror because I know there are going to be track spike marks on my face from getting run over by the, uh, by our opposition and, you know, by our competitors. And so understanding that discontentedness is not a condemnation right. of leadership it's not a condemnation of success mm -hmm. but it's a bit like I have a, a friend who's a, a big-time college football coach and we were talking one time about what's the hardest part about being a college football coach mm -hmm. you know recruiting great players is hard and college is hard versus professionals because you know, professionally, you go home at the end of the season and somebody else worries about the players. You don't have any responsibilities. Right. College football coach, they got your phone number 24-7 and they get in trouble. They need something, they're going to call you. Mm -hmm. And so, but, you know, they said you know, the hardest part is every play I've ever called is on video. Mm -hmm. Everyone can see everything I have ever done, good and bad. And so I have constantly got to be changing and finding new innovative ways to use the resources I have to be better than tomorrow than I was today. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not, our competitors will be. Yeah. 
And that was the hard thing. And so I think as a leader, we just understand that challenging, changing our best every day is really dissonance. Yeah. But we call it that, so it's we dress it in a little fancier ball gown. But if we're not doing that, uh, it, frankly, most leaders I know who leave roles these days are because they no longer have the energy to do that because mm-hmm. it is exhausting. Right, right. And I think, you know, being willing to not ignore that little part of you that's like something's not right, something's not, or even not right, but I can do better. You know, I think so many people settle. They know they can do better, but they settle and they say, that's okay. I'll just stay where I am, you know. Right. Um, N- knowing that as soon as you do that, mm-hmm. you've hit the status yeah. quo. We know the status quo very quickly recesses to the mean. And so you go down to average. We know that the average every day falls. Mm-hmm. And so within weeks, not months or years, within weeks, you're irrelevant. Yeah. And I know it's exhausting. Yeah. I, I do know that. And I know that um, it, it, it is hard on leaders. But if you're not willing to challenge and change your best every day, you simply have given up your ability to lead. And more than that, you've put your team at risk. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everybody on your team's mortgage is at risk. Right. All of a sudden, their jobs are at risk. All of a sudden, so you know, everything that you as a leader claim to value is important. Mm-hmm. You've now said that's no longer important. And my managing, you know, my fear of change has become more important than taking care of the people that I love. Not, not all. And then servicing our customers. It's a scary place to be. So, you know, a lot of times dissonance can be internal, meaning that you recognize it within yourself and you act to it, or it can be external. It can be the team coming and saying, you know, we're seeing this and we can we can do better here. How do leaders create a safe space or a safe culture within their organizations for dissonance? That was the key word, you we can do better here. Mm-hmm. So no Eeyores. Right. So, you know, we uh, a tigger can be just as annoying as an Eeyore. And so you have to manage Tigger. You can manage the high energy, Mm -hmm. but Eeyore is a cancer. Mm -hmm. And so it is incredible to have team members who say, here's an opportunity for us to increase our capacity to do better, to do different, and here's the solution. Now, they may not have the solution perfect, but if they're not coming with A or a variation of solutions, then you're just Eeyore, Mm -hmm. and you don't get a place in the room. You You don't get to bring cancer in my house. Absolutely. And so as a leader, you know, making it clear that this is a place for solutions, it's not just a place to gripe. It's not just a place to complain. Um, I think it's really key to creating that safe space if people know I think when people know the best way to be heard, then they will come that way. That's right. Yeah. So what does a leader do with dissonance once they find it, and what's the first step from there? The first thing is I think you have to be willing to take action. And that doesn't mean go all in on the change. You know, we, I like bullets, bullets, and bombs. Mm-hmm. You know, make a little change, mm-hmm. then make a little change more, and then go all in. Yeah. Now, depending on what you're doing, 
you got to make sure that that timeline is as tight as possible. Mm -hmm. This isn't, well, we're going to change over the next year. Well, yeah, your competitors change six right. times over that year. Right. So you got to make sure it's reasonable. Mm -hmm. But you also have to know that um, you don't have to wait for an idea to be fully formed. You know, one of the analogies I like to use is if, you know, you and I decided we were going to, you know, Cal we're going to drive to California tomorrow, we'd have a map. We'd have a pretty good idea what roads we're going to take. We might even figure out a hotel along the way that we were going to stay at, but we wouldn't know which gas stations. We wouldn't know what restaurants. We wouldn't know where the roadside stops are. We wouldn't know where the world's largest ball of twine. Well, okay, we might know where that was. <laughs> we so would we stop, could go and yeah. stop to look at the world's largest ball of twine. But we don't have to have all of the answers to start our trip. But we also don't put all of our resources in on day one. Right. We have to have resources along the way to allow us to pivot. Yeah. I think um, one of my favorite things that I hear you say is 90% uh, still an A. That's right. You know? And so being ready and willing to execute as much as you can, even though it's not all there and crystal clear, just knowing that that forward movement is going to get you to the point that you want to get to. Um, yeah, get you in I, the right direction. I was coaching an organization um, not long ago, and um, and they couldn't. They brought me in because they couldn't figure out why things weren't going well. And um, they had really smart people. They had all the right backgrounds. They had all the resources they needed. And what became really obvious is they had more white papers and reports than I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And they had studied things um, literally on one document. I am sure they had studied this piece of software more than the company who owned the software had studied it. Yeah. And, um, and none of it mattered because they didn't execute anything. Right. They made no decisions. They just simply kept meeting. Yeah. And um, and as soon as we started forcing decisions, mm -hmm. the organization began to succeed and thrive. Right. And that's what we've got to do is we've got to understand that dissonance without decisions, without destinations, is a descent. Well, it's a backlog, too. I mean, you know, not to be gross or anything, but what happens if you eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and it never goes anywhere? You're going to get really sick. You know, yep. and I think that happens sometimes with organizations. That so you're saying great leaders got to poop. I was not going to say it that way, but. <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead and need to point that okay, way. We are, we're always, always forward with, with healthy. Anyway, so. Yeah. But, you know, I think sometimes when we when we absorb information and we are stuck. We talked about strategy um, last year on the podcast. Yeah. We're stuck in that strategy phase where. We plan and plan and plan and study and study and study, and we're absorbing, absorbing, and it's not being able to be used or go anywhere. You begin to look around and just, you know, you're not accomplishing anything, and it can affect your morale. It can affect your self image and your, you know. So, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, there's, you know, people have a fear. Of, most people don't have a fear of being wrong, they have a fear of being seen yeah. as wrong or seen as failing. And so we have to create environments where the only failure is the inability to recognize failure. Mm -hmm. That if we understand we're going to learn from it, we're going to pivot, mm -hmm. bullet, bullet, bomb, mm -hmm. 
and then we'll thrive. But, you know, in the middle of the road, you know, there's only two things in the middle of the road, yellow paint and dead armadillos. So, you know, we've got to get out of the middle of the road here, make decisions, go forward. And, uh, and that's where, you know, dissonance can drive us forward. Absolutely. So I think it can be really inspiring for people to see or to hear about, I think, personal testimonies of, or stories of, you know, how we apply these things. So can you share an example of when dissonance has driven you to grow personally? Uh, gosh, I think I wouldn't be in, in Birmingham, Alabama yeah. if it wasn't for that. If yeah. it wasn't for, hey, I want to do something different. I see different opportunities. I, um, you know, and we could do a whole show on the amount of different opportunities that I saw. But it's this idea that, um, you know, we as leaders have to understand what we want and what the future requires of us and be willing to make decisions around that. Yeah. yeah. So if there's a leader who's struggling with insecurity in their leadership, um, dissonance, I think, can seem undesirable because yeah. at a certain point you have to face where you can improve and that can, that can shake you a little bit. So how do leaders overcome that fear and insecurity to be able to embrace the challenge to change? Yeah, so and that's one of those things that intellectually we know is very hard. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the whole Michael Jordan thing of, you know, I failed you know, 70,000 times, I missed baskets, and all the things he failed on. <clears throat> you know, when you look at Abraham Lincoln, who lost every race he ever ran until he became president, mm -hmm. you know, we can look at all those things. But none of those really help. What helps is to say, our organization is going to challenge and change our best every day. Mm -hmm. It is not a criticism of yeah. anybody. It is not a condemnation of the past. It is not, you know, saying that what was done in the past was, you know, wrong. Right. You know, it is saying our secrets out mm -hmm. every day. Every day, however we do it, is out. And, uh, and so our competitors know exactly what we're doing every day. So the only way we can win in the marketplace is by changing and taking what our best is and improving it past what our competitors are willing to do. Yeah, so it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective yeah. and owning that culture. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, and you have to remind people of that. But you also have to have a culture where there is challenging and changing is not that feels safe for those people who don't have the power to uh, be in point leadership. Yeah. yeah. And so they have to know that it's not a condemnation of that, even if it's something that they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have people on our team whose jobs essentially disappeared. They're still on our team. Yeah. We found other things that they're even better at. Mm -hmm. But it gets scary if your um, self-worth is tied into a role or an outcome that Absolutely. you're achieving, and somebody says we have to change that, mm -hmm. boy, it, it can feel personal. Yeah. And so we have to create an environment that we go, no, 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 take it as a compliment. Yeah. Because you, the stuff you're doing is great. But to stay great, we have to keep investing in it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's so good. 
So I can personally speak to times when um, that unhappy voice or that dissonance, um, whether it was internal or external, could be unhealthy. And so how do we differentiate between dissonance that drives us to grow and dissonance that can be detrimental? I think having processes in place. You know, one of my favorite things um, is to go to a NASCAR race. Now, I, I don't really know much about NASCAR. Mm-hmm. I don't have a favorite driver. I don't have a favorite car sponsor. I don't have a favorite track, although I guess I'm supposed to say Talladega. <laughs> um, but the, um, I like to watch the pit crews. And it isn't them changing the tires or filling it with gas. But as soon as the pit's done, they immediately all jump over the wall. Mm-hmm. And the pit crew leader has video monitors set up. And they're immediately going through everybody's job that they just did mm-hmm. and getting better. They're analyzing awesome. what can we do to get better in real time. I don't know any profession in the world that in real time has coaching like that. Knowing that at any time, but certainly in the next 20 minutes, you're going to have the opportunity to repeat that and get better, mm-hmm. to use what you just learned. And so, but if you're somebody who goes, well, I, I just did my best, and now you're telling me I got to change that tire a tenth of a second yeah. faster. If that, if you're not of a mindset that says, as a team, I want to get better and I'm willing to do what it takes, then it feels like a burden. Yeah. It feels like a have to mm-hmm. and not a get to. Mm-hmm. And so it really is about that. Now, um, which isn't to say that you don't go home exhausted some yeah. days from change. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen a lot and, and, you know, our great friend Carrie Newhoff has written a lot, talked a lot about, you know, this idea of leadership burnout. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of people burned out about the pace of change and that. So you've got to make sure that you're also creating an environment where um, you have um, energy coming back into you around that change. And whether that's find yourself a good, you know, faith-based Christian counselor, if that's your, you know, where you are, somebody that you can talk to, whether that's making sure, you know, my case, you know, I have a group of business leaders and leaders who are not in my business, who we're talking about it all the time, whether you're doing that, but you've got to recharge your own um, fuel, and you've got to make sure you have that, and if you're feeling um, put upon, dragged down, um, you know, burning out because of change, Mm -hmm. then you got to make sure you're talking to some people, and call me, you know, the... Ron at ronkitchens.com will get my private email. Um, you know, the you know, uniquely you, hopefully everybody has a copy, but it has my cell number in it. Yes. Call me and, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll get you some help. Yeah. Well, and you're talking about those relationships with people you trust. When you're talking about NASCAR, I thought about the fact that a lot of times NASCAR teams have two drivers that alternate. Um, and a lot of times when they pull into that pit to do the change, you see one driver run up and literally snatch that other driver out of the car and he jumps in. And so I'm like, man, that's a lot of trust, right? Like that somebody can come and shake you up and say, yep. come on, we can do this. Let, let's get better. Let's do this together. 
um, I think was a really, I don't know, I just thought about it when you were yep. talking about NASCAR. And that's a, that's a very trusting relationship to have with someone. Yeah. So I think that's a great place for us to wrap up. Do you have any other thoughts? You know, I think the folks listening to this are obviously committed to their own leadership and committed to growth, and we salute them for that, and, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Again, if there are companies, individuals, teams in your hometown, in your part of the world, in your knowledge base who are doing long-term incredible things, sustaining greatness. Yeah. We want to hear about it. We want to lift them up. We want to interview them. Absolutely. If you're one of those leaders, let us know. We'd love to get you on here and talk about um, what it means to sustainably be uh, a great leader and great organization. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. If today's conversation has ignited greatness in you, Take your next step and visit ronkitchens.com to gain more inspiration and to connect with Ron. You can also tweet Ron at Ron Kitchens. Until next time, keep moving, always forward.